This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. What's going on, family? We want to give a special shout out to our very first sponsor, the Secret Stuff CMOS, brought to you by Donnie McLeese, here to take care of every need from inflammation to infections, erections, sex drive, libido, and anything else in the bedroom. Allow us to help you dispel mucus while giving you all of the vitamins and minerals you need to either start your way onto a healthy life or continue on that path. You'd be doing your body a huge service by adding this to your diet and daily self-care regimen. Shop with us at tsscmoss.com. Again, that's tsscmoss.com and get 20% off your entire order by using code PLAYMAKER. We hope you enjoy this episode. What's good, family? This is the Playmaker Podcast. I'm your host, Reggie Coleman. I'm your co-host, Nikita Monroe-Thomas. And today we have a special guest. He goes by the name of Kai Howard. We want to welcome you to the show. Thank you, man. Glad to be here. So we appreciate you for coming on. I hope you you and your family are safe. You know, it's a crazy time in the world we're living in today. Um, so we want to we get right into it. Tell us a little bit about your upbringing. Um, for people that don't know you play professional basketball, we'll get to that. But um, just tell us about your upbringing, how how you started playing basketball, and also where you're from. Uh, Philadelphia, born and raised. Okay. Uh, my father, named Mo Howard, he played in the NBA himself. Okay. Uh, played with a... Pete Maravich, Legend. Pete, he was in the backcourt with him at a point in time. So it kind of started from the roots. I mean, it, it, it kind of just fell into the bloodline. My brother's actually a head coach over at LaSalle University right now. Okay. Uh, basketball has just always been there. It's been one of those things where it's like your teacher, you get punished, you about to shoot a whole bunch of shots. It's... <laughs> 
it was everything for us in our household. So I kind of just got into it from from the jump. Right, right. So, um, so basically, you, I'm hearing that it was like it's like a family thing, like passed down. Were there any other sports that you were into, or was was it just basketball or nothing? So I played football. Mm-hmm. My 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 dad would tell you if if you let him tell it when <laughs> I was young, I was a I was a crybaby. He would say I get fouled. <laughs> Wouldn't get like kind of like the NBA used to play today, whole yeah. bunch of knickknack fouls, guy complaining. That was me. So one day I got tired of being called a crybaby, crybaby by my own dad. I decided to put put a helmet and some pads on and hop on the football field. Mm-hmm. So uh, growing up, you always play football in the street with your friends. One, two, three, hold. Even yeah. sometimes tackle football, but it's totally different when you're in pads, right? So. I played for a little bit. I'll never forget this. My family to this day brings this moment up. Uh, I'm in middle school. I'm playing on the high school field. They send me across the middle mm. for a play. I go to catch the ball, open up my chest. <laughs> Somebody hit me right in my chest. After that play, I walked off the field, and it was kind of like God sent a message to me. Yeah. And I knew, I knew for a fact that football was not it. <laughs> I got a quick story. I don't want to uh, cut you off, but... Um, you played football, right? Listen, I'm about to tell you a quick story. So, wow. I played basketball, baseball, and I tried... It wasn't even tackle football. It was flag football. I was like five or six. So, they had me on a line. Mind you, I'm only like... At that time, I'm still short to this day, but at that time, I was shorter than everybody out there. They had me on a line. <laughs> so, first play, I'm on a line. I'm trying to block for somebody. And I get put on my, you know, my ass. And um, I walk, yeah. I walk to the sideline. I'm like, Pop, this ain't for me. We out. And and ever we since out. then, I just touched the baseball and the basketball ever since then. And that's when I knew football was not for me. Wow. So y'all story is exactly how oh, it is. Wow. Y'all is totally One different hit. than my story. <laughs> my football story. I was nasty in flag football. Oh, for real? Yeah. I made the all-star <laughs> team. None of the boys liked me. I was the only girl in the league. <laughs> I played defense. I would get the quarterback's flag. I would dance and stuff. But I knew that football wasn't for me. But I was good at it. You guys got horrible stories about football. <laughs> I feel bad. Oh, I was a superstar. Yeah, I was a star. I got a trophy in my crib right now. Hey, I ain't, I ain't stayed long enough to get the participation trophy. But um, yeah, I didn't either. <laughs> but um, so we talking about basketball. Um, so where did you go to high school? Tell us a little bit about your your high school journey. Where you went. And how did it go? So I went to a public school outside of Philadelphia at the point in time called Ridley High School, my ninth grade year. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was around the time my mom was still recovering from surgery. She's a breast cancer survivor. Okay. So we Shout decided to, to opt out and just go to the, the public school in the area. Mm-hmm. My sister loved it. She, she was all for it. I was not... <laughs> It was not for me. My freshman year, they promised me in eighth grade that I was going to play a lot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We don't know how that goes. Course, coaches promise and stuff. It, it didn't pan out that way. I played the same position as a star basketball player who happened to be the star quarterback at that time. Wow. And uh, once his football season ended, he hopped right on the court. I didn't get any more minutes. And as a kid, it kind of messes with your confidence. Mm-hmm. Uh, one game, we had a bad episode. One of the players 
on the court, I guess, decided to, like, kind of use me as a towel, to say, and mm. wipe their hands off on my warm-up. And oh, that wow. was the final. Yeah, that was the, that was the, that was the, the top of, of it, of, of everything for me at that point in time. I couldn't do it. So my parents then took me out of that school and I went to the Shipley School in Bryn Mawr, Pennsylvania, right outside Villanova. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was a private school. And I turned up, played well. In three years, I became the all-time leading scorer up until the point my little brother, Sam Sessoms, who's now at Penn State playing basketball, beat my record, I want to say, three years ago. Okay. Uh, became, I was a two-time state player, main line player of the year, uh, first team all-league all three years I was there. Oh, so you you was, uh, you was over there hooping. Mm-hmm. I I, I felt like I had something to prove after I was used as a child. I just wanted to prove. <laughs> <laughs> so is that how the story goes? Like you used as a child and you just you you just humbly just walked over, or it ain't no hands was thrown in there like that, right? Because that's what no it, hands was thrown. <laughs> okay, good. That's mature of uh, you. See, that's so you're a mature guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, as a as a kid, you know, like you know how kids get. They get very very mad. Then they start tearing up. Yep. And everything. So as a kid, after the game, I get off the bus and my mom picks me up and I'm just sitting in the car. And she could just tell. She could feel the heat radiating off my body how angry I was. Mm. And at that point in time, I looked at my mom and I was like, only one or two things are going to happen out here. I'm going to kill somebody or I'm going to go to jail if y'all keep me in this y'all keep me in this program. I can't do it. The lack of respect for me as a person mm-hmm. is no longer there. Yeah. And that's so, when they knew you was serious. Get him out of there. Get me out of there. <laughs> it's crazy because we, we got kind of similar stories. Not too much. I went to a, a, a what public school in ninth grade um, called Nottingham High School. It's around here. Then I transferred to Trenton Catholic Academy. I wasn't a star okay. like I wasn't a star like you was because I was playing behind you know like five or six D one players, but. It's like that that ninth grade year. It just wasn't it. it I I came home every day depressed, like not yeah. wanting to be there. And I'm like, I, I I go back to my pop. I'm like, yo, I, I got to get out of here. And all my friends was at TCA, so I'm like, I got to get here. And that's when he was like, yeah. He talked to my mom. He was like, yeah, we got to get him out of there because he ain't gonna be no good by by the time his senior year come because he already depressed. I don't know if you knew that, Keita, but yo. It's it's hard being somewhere where you you don't feel accepted and or welcome. Mm-hmm. And to bring it back, like you said, eighth grade baseball was my my favorite sport. In eighth grade, my coach, well, I was playing baseball. There was a coach who came to one of my games. I hit a home run that game. He was from Nottingham, varsity coach. He like come to Nottingham ninth grade, you'll be on a varsity team. I get there, I didn't even make a team. I ain't make the freshman team. I ain't make the, uh, what is it, JV team. I ain't make no team. But he said, he talk, telling me, come here and you you got a spot on varsity. And I'm like, damn, I didn't even make the freshman team. Why these coaches be lying? And Just, they don't know how much that means to a Especially kid a kid. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy, bro. Um, So you yeah. said you you were the top scorer your brother broke that record but um so let's talk about like scholarships did you have any scholarships coming out 
or was it like were you sending out your your highlight tapes? How did your recruitment process go? So going into my senior year, funny story, my brother played at Drexel University basketball. What uh, year? What year before you keep going? My bad. He, I want to say he went freshman year was 1999, okay, 2000. Okay. So going into his junior season, you know, you're on campus summer session, you're playing. Mm-hmm. My brother passes out. Mm-hmm. We find out he has a premature heart and his athletic career is no longer continued at that point in time. Mm-hmm. So going into my senior year of high school, we end up at a, a team camp. And I was on, I had a very big head. I came out of summer. I had schools. I was going to enter schools from Maryland, Penn State, so forth. Mm-hmm. I go up to the team camp. I don't go up with the team. I ride up with my parents. And uh, I'm playing. And I'm playing all weekend. After the first game, I think the first game, I had 56 in front of West Virginia. Sheesh. And the coach at the – yeah. And the coach at my at the time was – or one of the coaches was one of my father's teammates in college. Mm. He picks up the phone and calls my father, and he's like, your son is up here killing guys. <laughs> destroying guys. We're going to offer So now I'm getting schools like West Virginia. I'm getting power five schools. Uh, my team's bad, though. So we're losing games, but I'm putting up numbers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's normally how it goes. So mm-hmm. we continue to play, and we go into the last game of the day, but I didn't eat. I'm playing the whole game because at this point in time in this little team camp, I'm averaging around 48 and a half points a game. Uh. I didn't want to play the last game. We didn't have enough colleges there at that point in time. Again, I had a very big head. Mm. So we didn't have enough schools. I didn't want to play the last game. My coach tells me, hey, play this game. There's still some mid-majors, low-majors. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're gonna, you may be able to help your other your teammates. Okay. I play, and then I happen to pass out. I caught a cramp. I hit my head on the wall. I passed out. Mm. Due to my brother health history, everybody assumed it was the same thing. It ran in the family. Mm -hmm. So after that, a whole bunch of schools backed off. So when I graduated my senior year of high school, being a player of the year in my conference and everything, I had no Division I offer. Wow. Wow, it changed that. that Wow. So So did you have like a lot back off or was it just like a couple? I know you said like West Virginia, Penn State, but was it a lot more um, after they? Every school. Every school. Almost every school I had that offered me backed off after that point in time. Besides one school, which was University of Penn. Mm. Mm. So was it like a, a genetic thing or was it just something totally different? So with me, I just passed out due to dehydration. Oh, yeah, you ain't eat. I was, yeah, I was perfectly fine. I didn't eat. I I was barely drinking water. I'm a kid, so I'm like, all right, let me get a Snickers here and there, and I'm cool. Like, yeah, especially AU. Nobody eating. Well, they eating healthy now. It's totally different time now. They got gourmet meals. Yeah, and stuff. Then, you, you remember know. you used to go, <laughs> go play at events and just be like, all right, I'm gonna eat five games, and eight Mhm. Yep. So I. We went, got my heart checked out. Everything was fine. and But at that point in time, the damage was already after done. having to go through all the tests, 
schools are already offering kids. And now kids are taking kids that play the same position as me are taking these offers. So now mm-hmm. it's like, okay, we're not going to bring in two in the same class. So it, I kind of had to start at ground zero all over again after my senior year. So talking about that, did you go prep? I think I saw you went prep for, or did I, you? I went to prep school at St. Thomas Moore where Andre Drummond went. Okay. Okay. And how did that go? How did that year go? It was a it was a weird year because when I decided to go to St. Thomas Moore, Andre Drummond was still supposed to be there. Mm. That was the year Andre Drummond decided to walk on at UConn. Okay. He was homegrown. The prep school I went to was in Connecticut. So he decided to just stay at home, walk on at UConn, and say, hey, I'm only going to be here for a year anyway before I make it to the NBA. So you chose that school because you thought Drummond was going to be your teammate, basically. Yep. So <laughs> Legit, I, I went to visit Bill Self, Coach K. All these coaches are on campus. Mm. He leaves, and our campus becomes a deserted island. <laughs> Damn. Wow. <laughs> So so, how did that year go basketball wise? Were y'all winning games, or y'all wasn't even like competing in the games? I know y'all played the games, but how did it go? Uh, we actually ended up being top twenty five team in the country that year. Mm. It was a funny year for me because when preseason ball started that year, out of fifteen guys in the preseason rankings, they had me ranked fourteenth on my team Dang. for minutes played, impact, and everything. And I was not settling for that because I knew how good I was. Mm-hmm. So what I then decided to do was I decided to wake up early in the morning, around 5.30, get in the gym, get shots up, hit the weight room every day by myself. And then we had a lot of guards. So I was naturally playing a guard. Uh, but one of our bigs decided to take a school early and leave during Christmas. And our coach looked at us and was like, we need somebody to fill in this position. It was the five position. Mm. None it. of the guards wanted to take it, but in my mind, I just wanted to be on the court. I don't care. Right. It's mm-hmm. an opportunity. So, mm-hmm. so I decided to play the five position that year. We ended up actually playing really good in a tough conference. Guys like Steven, I, I was guarding Steven Adams before Steven Adams became the Aquaman that the yeah. world sees today. Uh, Mitch McGarry, Samad Christian, Jakar Sampson, TJ Warren. All these dudes mm. was in the league I was playing in. Oh, wow. And I happened to make uh, honorable mention in that conference. Oh, so you, you still doing your thing playing out of position. Yeah. I just, me personally, I didn't care. I just wanted, I knew my best shot of getting back on the 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 stage I was at before that whole pass out situation was to just be on the court. I need to play in front of anybody, wherever, whoever. Mm-hmm. So I led my team in minutes. I led my team in rebounds. I was second in scoring. I was second in assists. I was first in steals that year. So with all that, um, did schools start to come around, or was NJ- NJIT like one of the only schools that offered you? So with all that, Still had no schools due to the mm. fact that now I'm a guard playing the five man. <laughs> yeah, so now it's just the position is now the problem. <laughs> now they're looking at me like, all right, what is he? Mm-hmm. So one day I go to the gym 
and our coach is highly upset with us. I think a couple of my teammates did do some schoolwork, and we end up running for about an hour and a half. And NJIT was in the gym, and the coach legit recruited me off of how hard I ran. That's what it be sometimes. The hardest working. Really? Wow. (laughs) (laughs) No, because it's so different now. It's so different now. Yeah, he recruited me, and legit, he sat my family down. Actually, I was getting suspended from school that day. I got in a fight. I was Mm. at an (laughs) all-boys prep school in the middle of nowhere. It took me out of my element. A lot of testosterone. Yeah, you're angry. Yeah, you want to punch somebody. It happens to the best of us. (laughs) (laughs) I got suspended one day. My mother and my sister comes to pick me up from school. I get a call from NJIT. They tell me to stop by on the way home. (laughs) It's a rainy day. Coach sits me down in the office. He offers me a scholarship, and he says, legit, the only reason I recruited you, to be honest with you, is because you ran like a gazelle. Mm. It's a, listen here, kids. Sometimes you, you don't have to have the most talent. You just got to work the hardest. Not saying you always right. going to get a scholarship out of it, but, hey, sometimes that's all you need to do. Even being a Even, good teammate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. you got to have some talent, of course, to go with that, but if you're working harder than anybody else in the gym, sometimes that's what a coach wants. How did your mentality change due to all the unexpected changes that happened? You being a a hot commodity to going to no looks. How did that? Did it fuel you? Did it? Did it deter you? Where did it push you? Uh, it kind of it 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 was humbling for me because I'm at the top of my game in high school. Everybody around me knows me. Everybody's like, oh, you're going here, you're going there. And then this happens. And then you see how everybody just changes around you. Mm. So going back to just being by myself in solitude, my favorite player and a personal close family friend was always Kobe Bryant. Okay. Uh, And if you hear stories about Kobe, just in high school, he ate lunch by himself. He would, he would go to the gym during the day by himself. He stayed to himself. So I had to kind of separate myself from trying to compare myself to what I was seeing and just compare myself to me. And that's what kind of motivated me. It was just like, okay, I hear what they're saying. They're telling me I'm only, I can only do this and I can only do that. But I'm going to make everybody eat their words because I'm going to work so hard that I'm going to achieve everything I wanted anyway. And more. And, and and that's how I went about it. And that's what fueled me. Failure was always my biggest motivator because I was so afraid to fail that I would push myself to limits that I would not have pushed myself to before mm-hmm. if I still had the ego in the big head. Mm. So that's legit what drove me. Damn, that was deep. Uh, <laughs> that was deep. Um, So let's talk about NJIT and your time there. Um. Thousand point score, top single season uh, assist holder. I don't know if that's still current, but um, how did that time go from freshman year to your senior year? So, uh, freshman year was it was kind of an easy transition now because now I went to a prep school. Yeah. And I didn't just go to any prep school. With basketball, if you go to the New England Prep School League. 
you're pretty much again a lot of NBA players go through those doors. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's a it's legit prepares you to be a better athlete for the next stage. It's an easy transition. Mm-hmm. Okay. So when I got on campus again, I thought I was going to be a five man, considering I was recruited as a five. My coach started me on the wing, and then in one open gym, he seen me throw a one hand bounce pass full court. <laughs> And it got to my teammate, and that's when he decided to throw me back at point guard. So my freshman year, I backed up a kid that I thought he was a senior, but I thought mentally that I, you know how players are, I'm mm-hmm. better than him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. So off the rip, I'm sitting there, I'm competing day in and day out, killing dude that practice. Some days he got me just because he was older. He knew the system. He knew his guys. He knew his personnel better. Mm-hmm. But I, I started to see, again, I went back into the whole mental game. So now I turned the ball over. Coach shut me out real quick. So now I'm sitting on the bench. I'm like, dang. Like, just because I messed up or I'll play good three games in a row. And then he sent me five games and not yeah. be a minute. Yeah. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, sheesh. <laughs> like, what else I got to do? Mm-hmm. So my freshman year, uh, played in a weird conference. It was called the Great West. <laughs> Great West. <laughs> the fun fact about the Great West, it was the only Division One conference at that time that, that did not have an uh, automatic bid to the NCAA tournament. So if you mm-hmm. won a tournament, you don't get in. <laughs> yep. You, you win a conference, you don't get in. Not tournament. get in. That's so, horrible. Uh, we won our regular season my first year there. That was the first banner our school ever seen. I know how that's uh, my freshman year. I got freshman, I got newcomer of the year, all freshmen, and I made newcomer team. Mm. So now I'm at NJIC, which was a small town, little major. I'm getting some publicity. Me being me, I'm like, man, I want to leave. <laughs> <laughs> I want to go to a bigger school. Like I deserve it. I'm back now. I, I'm I'm starting to get the name again. <laughs> mm-hmm. So a uh, couple schools were interested in me, but I waited it out because I really enjoyed my coach. My coach honestly became my father figure mm. while I was at school, considering the fact that how much time you, you just be around your coaches. They're letting yeah. you in their homes. Mm-hmm. They're cooking for you. Yep. Oh yeah, you that matters. Issues. Yeah, so I'm talking to my coach, but I'm also on Twitter. I'm a kid. <laughs> so I start seeing his name pop up for, like, job openings. Mm. I go into his office one day later on that year, and it was kind of late in the in the transfer portal. Yeah. And I sit down with him, and I was going to be the best returning player. And I look at him, and I'm like, Coach, I'm hearing, offer. I'm hearing, I'm hearing rumors that you're taking job uh, interviews. Is it true? And he really didn't say much. So I took my papers. Uh, again, I was going to come back to UPenn. I mm-hmm. always wanted to be the hometown, the hometown hero. hero. That was that was always my goal. So I take my papers late. Uh, this was the year. I don't know how, how well you guys follow a lot of the stuff going on with basketball. But... Pooh Allen, Jerome Allen was a pen coach who was taking money from somebody. Mm. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Mm-hmm. That was the year I was supposed to go over <laughs> to UPenn. But he decided to give my spot to the kid of the parents uh, that he was taking, taking money. money from. Yep. So now, 
my parents wanted me to try and get back at NJIT. Mm-hmm. I go back to my coach. My coach gave my scholarship away. Yeah, to you, a Philly kid. Show you yeah, how petty he was. That mm. bridge. Is, no, kid. you burnt that bridge though. He wasn't gonna hold that speech. <laughs> <laughs> he was waiting for you to come back and ask so he could tell you. And he doubled down and gave it to another Philly kid. Another <laughs> Philly kid. So, so I was like, all right, you just want to replace me, huh? Like, legit me, not just me with a player, but you try to replace the Philly energy that I created. Okay, so. Going into my sophomore year, I was going to go JUCO. Mm-hmm. And I had a JUCO school call me and had the coach from Arizona State at the time on the phone. And the JUCO said, if I decided to sign the papers right now to go to their JUCO, I could sign the papers right now to go to Arizona State at their year of JUCO. Wow. And I wanted to take it. But my parents. In my them. household, all the foundation was always education first. NJIT is an <clears throat> amazing academic school. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so school, yeah. my mother, being the powerful black woman she was, was like, you're not going to a JUCO. You're too smart for that. You can't go there. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, instead of going to the high major school I always wanted to go to, what my mom did, what my family did was, my coach let me walk back on that NJIT that sophomore year. He told he didn't promise me anything, no minutes, nothing. Uh, they took out a loan and they paid my soft, they they paid portion of my sophomore year to go back to NJIT. Mm. That's what parents do. And uh, that year we happened to go to like Europe. We had like a little overseas trip, and I did not play a game in Europe. Damn. Not a minute. And I was sitting there and I was like, was it worth it? That's Questioning cool. myself, I come back home and I just decided to hop back on the saddle. I'm going to just outwork everybody I know. Back to where you started. Mm-hmm. You got to outwork the competition, outwork everybody mm-hmm. to, to get what you deserve back. Because you you, we already know and we hear that you earned it your freshman year. Yeah, you thought about transferring and whatnot, but like like Keita said, you had you burnt you kinda burned that bridge with the coach, so you gotta earn Absolutely. his his respect and your loyalty. It it has to come back. So um Absolutely. How was that time to just working your way back? Not working your way back, but just working harder than everybody else. And when did that time come where I'm assuming you got to start and spot back? Uh so we come back from Europe and we take like two weeks off so we get to go home. And when I went home, I decided to just have tunnel vision. I would work out eight hours a day. I would run until my body legit passed out. I didn't care. Mm-hmm. Uh, more than anything, not only did I burn the bridges with my coach, but I burned the bridges with my teammates that I built chemistry with because True. I decided to take my papers. And then I came back and I was like, all right, well, nothing – there was nothing better. Basically, there was nothing better for me out there. I so I'll come, come back home. to y'all. Yeah. Yeah. Like they did and a second option. That's not how they felt. Did not, they, didn't, they did not like it. They mm-hmm. hated it. And even into the season, there were games where, like, my teammates were not passing the ball just because of the – like, and I understand. Like, it, it was deeper than just basketball to them. It, it, you, as a college athlete, you kind of create a brotherhood. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, sisterhood as well, yeah. So yeah. it's kind of one of those mm-hmm. things where it's like, I thought you was my brother, but now you, when I needed you, 
you, you weren't around. So mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know if I could really trust you. So what I decided to do was I did all the dirty work at every practice. I would die for every loose ball. I would take the charges. My teammates fell. I would run over, pick them up. I just decided to do the little things because That's sometimes they say the little things mean more than the bigger things. Yeah. And eventually, due to the IQ and just being able to be around the game for so long and just being able to pick up things fast, I was blessed with the opportunity to be the starting point guard that year. And after that, the rest was pretty much history. Uh, my junior year, we beat Michigan at Michigan. I remember that. Uh, Me too. We beat Michigan at Michigan. We went two years independent, so we did not have a conference. Mm-hmm. Our gym was terrible. There's a <laughs> lot of high school and middle school gyms that are probably better than the gym I played in. Mm-hmm. Uh, so schools didn't want us. We didn't have a facility. So <laughs> conferences didn't want us. So we played independent. We beat Michigan that year and raised so much money for our school that we ended up in a conference. Mm-hmm. And... uh even more so, as an independent school, we made it to postseason basketball my junior year. And then my senior year, we made it to postseason basketball again. And I got to end up, as you already stated, I was an 1,000-point scorer. I'm the all-time leading assist at that school. I'm the only player at that school with 1,000 rebounds or 1,000 points, 500 rebounds, 400 assists. Mm, Mr. Do-It-All. I, I, yeah, I, I won more games at that school than any other player in the Division One level. So, for me, it was just one of those things where it was like, I'm going to make the most of what I have. I'm not going to take it for granted. And my work's just going to outshine mm-hmm. everybody. And hopefully, the work shines a light so bright that somebody somewhere will pay attention to it. What did all the trials and tribulations really show you about yourself? Because I, I got a yeah. similar story as well pertaining to transferring and uh, eligibility. I had a lot of issues as well. Like, what at your lowest? What did it show you? At my lowest, it showed me how much more I really had, mm-hmm. at least within myself. When you, as you know it, as an athlete, when you get kind of stuck in them lows, it's kind of like a slump. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. And a you, depression. You're just a not bit. feeling it. You don't yeah. want to put the work in and all that, and it kind of starts messing with your confidence, but then carries over onto the court. Yep. And me at my lowest, it showed me that I would always double down on me before anything. Got to. I would go all in on myself before I, I decided anything else. And I, I told myself, because growing up, my whole thing was I hated, like, overnight camp. <laughs> I was a mama's boy, so I hated overnight camp. So I played good a couple of days, but then I want to leave. I want to go home. I, I hated camp. And my brother, being a big brother, used to pick on me. But it kind of gave me a drive. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're a quitter. You're a quitter. At a point in time, I was just like, no more quit. I will not ever quit something ever again. Mm-hmm. You could count me out if you want. But at the end of this, I'm going to find a way to prevail. Yeah, so, that's crazy because – at the time, you probably like, big bro, why are you messing with me? You felt down. But looking back at it, it's like he was just instilling toughness in me, perseverance. Like he was instilling all these mm-hmm. things into you at an early age that you didn't realize at that moment, obviously. 
But when you look back at it, it was like, damn, he was a big part in my transition and my transition from being good to great at my level. Correct. Yeah. He he created a lot of dogs that's in me now. Mm -hmm. And, and even so much to the point where it, it carried off the court. So now it's me in a classroom and on exam day, I'm looking on my left and my right, and I'm like, "Oh, I gotta get a better grade than these." Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, they can't they they can't beat me in the classroom. Like I, if I if I lost during practice, there's no way I'm losing in the classroom. I'm not gonna lose all day. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I agree. Like, it 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 just created that whole work ethic and env- environment that I needed. Mm-hmm. Most definitely. So, so so speaking of like your great career at NJIT, you went. You played professional, so let's let's talk about that a little bit. Um, how was that process of choosing a team? Were there many options out there? Did you sign with an agent? How did that transitioning from college going to play professionally? How did that transition go? So at the college, uh, had agent, so forth. But I wanted to do what Lamar Jackson ended up doing. I wanted to bring on my own family. Mm-hmm. If anybody gonna cut any money of mine, it's gonna be mine. Right. So I wrote my dad down as my agent, and it's a funny story about how things happen. So I happen to get invited to Portsmouth Invitational, which is for the best seniors at the end of their career to just all come to one place, location, and play. Not only in front of overseas scouts and everything, but in front of NBA franchises and yeah. GMs and everything. When they sent the email to my dad, who was my agent at the time, my dad didn't know what to do with it. Not only that, he was in Houston following my brother as my brother played in a, or my brother was coaching Villanova in the final <laughs> four at that point. Mm. So it's one of those things where it's like, my son's been doing good. I'm, I'm just locked in. There's so much going on. He missed out on that opportunity. So I didn't get to go to Portsmouth. So what the NBA did was they sent me a G League invite. Mm-hmm. And I was one of the top 50 invited players to go to this G League camp in New York. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went out there. My After I graduated, I came back home. And uh, I'm legit in the gym working out with my dad. And I get a call from Greensboro Swarm, which was a Charlotte Hornets affiliate team in the second round and they they called me and they're like, Hey, the guy, the big fella up top <laughs> talking about Michael Jordan at yeah. the time. The big fella up top says, you're the best guard available in this, in this draft, especially point guard. We're going to take you. Hmm. So now I'm ecstatic. I'm in the G league. Not only am I in the G league, Michael Jordan signed off for me in the G facts, league. Facts. That's the story. You so to I'm like, kids, all right, man, man. I'm, I'm about to go to camp. I'm excited. I get to learn another great like Kimba Walker at the time who was in Charlotte. Mm-hmm. I was like, ooh, this is going to be perfect for me. So I go down there and uh, that's probably where I legit learned how to actually be a pro for the first time in my life. So on my team, I had Damian Wilkins at the time. Yeah. And uh we had practice at nine. First day we go to practice at the media days and everything. We had practice at nine. We had a little, a little bus, a team bus that was driving to the arena. We get there around seven thirty because 
you should work out. You should hit the floor at eight, work out for an hour, practice, and stay on the floor after. That was that was like our our little rule. And when I walked in the gym at seven thirty, I seen Damian Wilkins walking off the floor at seven thirty with ice on his knees. Jeez. And I'm sitting there, and I'm like, dude, like we got a three hour practice, we got a practice before four hours. This is going to be like a six hour session. Mm-hmm. And he's sitting there, and this is a guy who had NBA contract and he's like this is what I gotta do to get ready I gotta prepare this how I prepare myself day in and day out like he was lifting four times a week and we didn't even know where the weight room was <laughs> so seeing him side by side I'm in the same locker room as him in my mind I'm like okay the work I thought I was putting in is nowhere near the work I need to put in Facts. so I go through training camp and so forth and the Charlotte Hornets at the time made a trade with the Clippers for some cash, a guard, and a draft pick. So the cash, the guard, and the draft pick come over, but he's a point guard. At this point in time, Shabazz Napier, mm-hmm. Kimball Walker, more so Kimball Walker, because he plays so much a game in, in Charlotte. They didn't have enough room for this NBA contract guy, mm-hmm. and they didn't want to put him on it the NBA team because then they would have to pay him that type money. Yeah. So what they did was they sent this player who was older than me down to the G League on my team and we played the same position. And he was a, a G League vet, G League all-star. And I'm legit looking at him as he's walking in the gym the last day. And part of my language, but I was like, oh shit. Yeah. Because <laughs> I kind of already had a feeling of what was going on. Mm-hmm. Um. I'm doing well all training camp, and now this moment hits. And now I see a guy who's just walking in the gym the last day of training camp. He's been, he hasn't even practiced with us. So we go through our little inaugural day. I'm signing autographs, and I get a tap on my shoulder, and it's from one of the coaches. So they tell me they're coming to the office. So when they send me in the office, I look over at one of my favorite coaches, and he looks at me, and he just shakes his head. Mm. Coach sits me down and he's like, I'm sorry, but we got to play with the NBA's pain. And business. he was like, you could do one or two things. You could sit here and in the most respectful way, not necessarily pray to God he gets hurt, but hope he gets hurt and gets some minutes. Mm-hmm. Or you could walk away right now and try and get a job overseas. Me, as a kid, at that point in time, 22 years old, I played 36 minutes a game in college. I'm playing. Right. I'm not – I don't deserve the backup anybody because at that point in time, now my confidence is I'm not, like, I'm not backing down from anybody. I just killed these dudes all training camp. Why am I – why I got to wait? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, I took my chances. I went overseas. Uh, they gave me an agent to help get my first job overseas. I left the training camp late early, late October, early November. So the kind of overseas season started. So uh, I didn't rush it. I just took a year off, which kind of put a red flag on my resume. But I did it with a purpose. I finally learned how to be a pro for real, for real. So in my mind, I wasn't necessarily training like a pro. I was training like I had something. Like I had to, I had to win something back in college. Like, I felt like I lost the trust, the loyalty, my spot, mm-hmm. who I was while I was at NJIC when I decided to take my papers. So, I I was trying to get all that back. But that work is totally different than how 
to be a professional is. Yeah. So now that I learned how to be a pro, I just stayed in the lab for a year. And uh, legit, the agent didn't help me. So then I went about it, and I didn't have an agent. And I started legit hopping on Facebook. I added anybody that had coaching a title <laughs> as a Facebook friend. I would sit there and Google translate the same message in a variety of languages and send them to everybody I could possibly find. That's putting in the work. That's dedication. And that's legit how I got my first job. Damn. And then after I got my first job overseas, I led the country in scoring. Uh, I actually called an agent before I went to the country. And he was like, yo, you're going to have to average 30 to get out this country. Mm. And I averaged 29.2. Ah, good enough. And I led. Did you you get out of that country? (laughs) Uh, yeah. So I did get out that country and I helped the team improve. They, they won 10 more games with me there than the season before that. So I'm thinking, okay, we may not have. So overseas basketball, it's a point spread situation. Mm-hmm. So you know how in the NBA at the end of the games, they just dribble out the ball, shot clock. Yeah. If you're up 35 overseas with 10 seconds left, your coach wants you to go up 38. Damn. Like, there is no holding the ball. So, one game, we had to win by 12 that year. We only ended up, we lost. We won the game, but lost in the point spread. So, we technically lost that game because the kid makes a buzzer beater at the end of the game. We missed the playoffs. Damn. And uh, I come back home, summer session, still don't have an agent, just going through it all. Uh, Late December, I got a call from Lithuania. And let me tell you, <laughs> Lithuania is not fun. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think the Ball Brothers thought it was funny either. <laughs> Lithuania yeah, was so. not fun. In At order all. to live out my dream, at all. In order to live out my dream, over like my dream of being a professional athlete, I went to Lithuania, and it was terrible. Mm. It was terrible. It, I could tell, like, I could. I could tell you, but it's not, it's different when you can really are in the moment. I, I was staying in a, a building that was a funeral home slash event center. Mm. Mm. Damn. That ain't ghetto at all. <laughs> so, so the conditions, the, conditions huh? the, the com- competition, all that was horrible. All of it was horrible in one. The basketball piece of Lithuania was phenomenal. Okay. Like it it's high level basketball, great competition. Uh it's one of them places where if you really, really, really play well, you could really change your life. Mm-hmm. Okay. So uh it was just everything beyond basketball. Okay. And just the 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 stigma. So I was one of three African Americans in my community. The other two were my teammates. Damn. Talk about was it a was it a culture shock? That's an understatement. (laughs) (laughs) Legit, it was it was something I never ever thought I'd be a part of, especially while I'm I'm doing what I love to do, my dream. Mm -hmm. So uh, we didn't have a car; we had to walk everywhere. Now it's Lithuania. I'm one of three African Americans in the community. Uh. 
we lose a game, the fans are angry. Mm. I'm going out to eat. I'm at a restaurant. We have fans literally sit by us, drunk fans. Because, again, it's Lithuanian, so you know they drink yeah. a lot. Uh, <laughs> they'll sit by us, literally. They'll sit at our table drunk. You can smell the alcohol off them. And they will look at us and be like, why are you here? Damn. <laughs> and we would look back like, excuse me? We're like, we're here to play basketball. And they'd be like, I understand that. But why are you really here? <laughs> and it was kind of their way of saying like, all right, your people aren't welcome here. Why are you here? Oh, wow. Mm. Like, you're not winning games for us. So not only are you making it like, it's bad enough we don't know enough about your culture to really accept you. But now you're you're helping my my city's team lose games, mm. like leave. Mm. So dealing with all that was kind of a, it was one of those things where mentally it kind of helped me even get a little bit stronger. I had my time and my moments where it was just like, I don't think I'm going to make it home. Mm. But understanding that I actually made it through it and seeing the other side, it kind of helped me even mentally become a lot stronger because now like, all right, I thought I've been through the worst, but then I've seen worse. Mm-hmm. So knowing I could see worse and still get back home and still live out my dream and still play good, like it, it kind of fueled my fire. So after that Lithuania season, I was low key. I, I was kind of there and kind of not due to not the basketball piece, but just the social climate and everything. True. It was draining. Just having a, some days I, I didn't want to walk because we, we got out the gym late. I would stay at my friend, like my teammate's house on his couch. Like I was terrified. I would have to walk around with a knife in my pocket to protect myself. Damn. Stay away from Lithuania. <laughs> it's, it's a different beast. That's, that side of Europe is, is a totally different beast. That's what I will say. Uh, <clears throat> after it, that. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Pardon? No, go ahead. Finish what you had to say. I'm sorry. Uh, after that, I, I went back to the country I was previously in, played well, and I did it all without an agent, as I continue to do so right now. And uh, it's looking good. I mean, I've had the opportunity to continue to play this year. I just turned it down due to the pandemic mm-hmm. and the location of certain places. I, I'm not. I would never ever go to Iraq to play basketball. Oh, no okay. disrespect. I understand. But you have boundaries where my you... mother. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my mom's whole thing is like, what if they accidentally launch a missile in the gym as you walk into the gym? You, yeah, right. you just never and know. That you never has know. happened. Yeah, she's yeah, absolutely that has right. happened to a couple of my friends. Mm. Yeah, you never know. So what advice would you give a, a young player that's that that maybe story is not similar, but, you know, they're at the high, they got all the looks, they got all this. What advice would you give them, you know, so they make the, the right decision for them, you know, pertaining to school, academics? What advice would you give a, a, a young kid? A uh, couple things I'd probably tell them is first things first, education is always first. Uh, at the end of the day, the one thing nobody can take from you is the knowledge you obtained over a lifetime. So you gotta you gotta have a foundation and that's always that should always be a portion of the base of it. 
education first. After that, it will probably just be whatever it is, whether it's you end up being a dentist, you're an athlete now, and something happens. Whatever you decide to do Uh and you decide to commit to, give your all or don't do it at all. Mm -hmm. Uh Because my bad. Yeah, I, it's just one of those logical things where it's just like if you're going to put in time to something, mm-hmm. why why half ass it? Why do it fifty percent? Yeah, you're wasting your time at the end of the day. Wasting time, and you only get so much time within a day. So that, and then lastly, probably just cancel out all the white noise. Mm-hmm. There's a socials like don't don't go out there searching for what the next guy is doing or who has this video or who's getting this school you can't control that you can only control what you can control which is yourself facts Mm -hmm. so cancel out all the extra noise and all the extra attention just lock into what you want to do to make sure you could get it done Mm. that was good so we got two more questions for you one is a question we ask all our uh, guests on the show. We asked Kyle. That's how we got in touch with you. Um, but the question is, if you had to choose anybody that we should have on the podcast um, in the near future, who would it be? Whether you, well, of course, you're going to know him. But if you know him, um, just anybody you think we should have on the podcast next. Uh, Probably. I would probably say my one of my closest friends I have, Maurice Watson Jr. Okay. Uh, played at BU, played at Creighton, was leading the country at a sit an assist at Creighton his senior year, and then tore his ACL his senior year. Mm-hmm. And still ended up living off the dream. And he had his own little trials and tribulations that he himself has been through. It's a great story. Uh, and it's, it's, again, it's just one of those, his own trials and tribulations. He learned different things from my trials. Like we all learn different things, but they're all helpful to the, to the youth at this point in time. All right. So bet we'll, we'll reach out to him, uh, soon and you can just plug that in his ear that we'll be reaching out. Um, but before we let you go, we want to thank you for joining us. Um, one last question. Uh, what's next for Kai Howard? What you got going on during this pandemic? Um, you said you turned down a, a couple of offers to play overseas, but what's next for Kai Howard? Uh, I guess besides is, basketball. <laughs> besides basketball, uh, I got some things outside of basketball going on right now. I'm really focused on kind of like uh, another close friend of mine, Kyle Carter, player development. Okay. Uh, okay trying to get in that room, talking to some schools, I would really love to get on the, the coaching circuit, especially at the Division One level. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just, being around it, my brother being around it, seeing it hands-on, how not only it impacted his life, but more so how he gets to impact these young men. Mm-hmm. And, and the positive person that he is and the reinforcement that he is, it helps them. Because some of those men would not be where they are today without him. And that's how you leave a lasting legacy. 
So basically, I'm just trying to stay ready so I never have to get ready. Hey, we're we going to end it on that. Kai Howard, we thank you again thank for you joining so us. Thank you. We pray that you stay safe during this pandemic. Um, we pray that you get everything you prayed for. Um, and we just appreciate you for coming on the podcast and just kicking it with us, telling a little bit about your story. Um, we'll have you on again in the future when you do play ball again, go to a new country or something. We'll chop it up again. But we thank you. Thank you so oh, much. Thank you all for having me. It's, it was definitely like I'm, I'm grateful for it. Please stay safe in this time. Thank you. We appreciate it very much. Yes, sir. So on that note, Kai Howard, we appreciate you. Shout out to Ann and Mo from More Life Clothing. You may be asking, what is More Life? More Life is about people not settling for just anything, not settling for just everyday life, but creating more for themselves, getting more than what they deserve out of life. If you're interested in seeing what they have to offer, visit their Instagram page at morelife underscore clothing underscore. And by doing that and using our code PLAYMAKER, you'll get 20% off your order. Make sure you check them out. Hope you enjoy the rest of this episode. Welcome back, family. You know, we want to thank Kai Howard for joining us. He had a great story from his time uh, putting on those pads in the football games. Well, it was really one play, really. But um, mm-hmm. to him playing in Lithuania where he, he hated it, but he got through it because he was pursuing a dream. Um, and he came out on the other side a, a better man and a better player. Correct. So once again, we want to thank Kai for joining us Appreciate it. Um, on that first half of the episode. Um, we hope you enjoy that. But we also hope that you continue listening to the rest of the episode where we talk about WNBA, Seattle Storm, what I predicted, uh, <laughs> NBA. At this point, this is dropping Friday, so... Game five will be Friday No, just when you're hearing this. So the Lakers say, will be champs tonight. Um, say that then. Say it, you, you, You're not confident about it. Say I, it. Oh, I'm saying No, you could have. You should have said when this episode dropped, the Los Angeles Lakers would be the NBA No, so you champion. know this drops in the that. mornings. The game is that night. So Okay, we'll, you ain't confident at all. <laughs> you're nervous. Just say that. Laker fans, I know y'all nervous. nervous. Not all, we, we wearing a black Mamba, Mamba jerseys on Friday. Oh, y'all you know? losing. Y'all don't <laughs> losing them jerseys. Never mind. But first, let's get to the WNBA. Shout out Seattle Storm um, winning the chip, mm-hmm. as I predicted. Mm-hmm. Um, Brianna Stewart, MVP. Mm-hmm. I think I predicted that as well. I don't know if I predicted MVP. I think you did. But Sue Bird did her thing. Was mm-hmm. averaging like 13 assists in the playoffs. Okay, um, right. Shout out Crystal Langhorn. She went to Willenboro from Jersey. Jersey yeah. stand up. Um, so, yeah. Key to try and kill a spider. No, but um, so I watched some of the game. Tell me about it. It was it was it was a decent game in the no, first no. first quarter. It was decent. Yeah, that, and then it, got, it went left I know, quick. I know. Um, if you guys listen to the last episode, everything I said that the Las Vegas Aces should do, they didn't do. Obviously, that's why they lost. And I said if they don't do any of these things, they will get swept, and they did. Um, what what I think the Las Vegas Aces can take from this is a lot of players will want to play with Asia Wilson. She's a superstar. She's a She's built for this, and I've really enjoyed listening to her after the game. She said, sometimes the confetti needs to fall on you and then not be in a celebratory manner. Sometimes you got to get hit in in the mouth to really wake up and see, like, okay, I need to get better at X, Y, and Z. I need to, you know, um, this was a, a very hard series for the Las Vegas Aces due to the fact that they don't shoot threes. That's just what they, they don't do. And when you don't shoot threes and – 
you know, you don't have another player at a consistent basis besides Asia Wilson to get you 15 to 20 points, you can get to the playoffs and it'd be real stagnant. It'd be really hard for you to score. And there's no knock on Seattle. Um, everybody has Seattle winning the finals from the beginning of the year till now. So it's no surprise. Um, you know, I think Seattle can be a dynasty if everyone continues to stay healthy. If Brianna Stewart didn't get hurt uh, last year, I thought they would have won that one as well. So it's just it's just uh, health for the Seattle Storm. Um, Jewel Lloyd um, played amazing this year, very consistent this year, and that's and that's something that I mentioned uh, in the beginning of the season that if she played at a consistent level, I felt the Seattle Storm would be unbeatable, and and they were just by far the best team in a bubble. They deserve to win a WNBA championship. I give a big shout out to Suber. Uh, Alicia Clark, all those players, Epiphany Prince, all those players, all those veteran players deserve this. And um, big shout out to the Seattle Storm for winning the WNBA Finals. And they set the record for the um, uh, margin of victory. I think they won by 35. So. It was it was outlandish. <clears throat> and I was watching the game because, you know, Las Vegas Aces is my team and still will be my team. Um, they're going to be back. They're going to be back and they're going to be a lot better. Oh, yeah. Um you know, um, I watched the game, and in my mind, I just said, no team, nobody's going to beat me about 40. And I like that they still compete, even though the game was by far over. You know, you still you still compete, and that's what you and that's what you teach younger players. That at any point, even if you, even if the game is outlandish, you still compete, you still play until the buzzer, because you just never know your opportunities. How this how this world is going, you just never know. They didn't know it would be a WNBA season or NBA season, and happen to be in a bubble and in a wobble. So shout out to. The whole WNBA as a whole, this season was, as a fan of the WNBA, and it happened to be in a bubble, this by far was the best WNBA season for me as a fan because I was able to see so many different players that would normally not have a chance to play on this platform play. You know, the the Benajelanis and Most Improved and, you know, a lot of different players, you know, that, you know, didn't play a lot of minutes on their prior teams last year, was able to play and take advantage of a lot of different players opting out. So, the viewership for the WBA, 68% more people tuned in, even though we were fighting against the NBA is playing as well. And we still was able to get that viewership in, in PS. If you guys ever see me in the comments of <laughs> WBA stuff, it just, just mind your business because I don't, I don't like, I don't like when people say stuff about the WBA. So if you see me clapping back, just mind your business. Okay? <laughs> but shout out to the WBA, a great season this year. Shout out to the, uh, Seattle Storm, a wonderful season, well-deserved, and I'm looking forward to the to Lakers. Before we get on to the Lakers, <clears throat> I think Brianna Stewart said it, and if I'm wrong, you probably know and can correct me, but mm-hmm. basically in her post-game interviews, she, she said their team was basically the only team who had a full, healthy roster to come into the Wubble. Correct. So they had that advantage already. You got your whole team. The chemistry as well, yeah. Right, like, yep. so... Not saying, not taking anything away from them, obviously, because they they prob they were the better team. They were the better team. Um, yes. But like that makes a big difference when you're healthy. When I mean, people opted out for great reasons, but mm-hmm. people didn't opt out on their team. Like they were they were all in. Like their team and organization were all in on winning the chip, um, and they did that. And you can't fault them for that. But they deserved it. Super, another one. Mm-hmm. Um, what's that four for her now? Yep, four. Uh, Brianna Stewart. She's Two, just last, different. She's yeah, different. Yeah, they they're undefeated in the finals. Her and Jewel Lloyd. So they yeah. haven't lost a finals game. 
they're they sweep everybody because <laughs> most of the time they're just they're they're the more talented team and they've been together the longest you know so now they're tied with the um houston comets as a franchise that won four titles they've won four and i think yeah it's them and they won four yep so shout out to seattle storm shout out to all the WNBA fans out there is it's because of you guys that the viewership has went up and i'm and i'm hoping that you know it continues they gain, to rise. They gain more more viewership because I'm telling you, I know, I hear it. I clap back at a lot of people in the comments of WNBA stuff. So as you guys know, but I hope that people was able to see the level of talent that these women portray on a daily day basis, and they leave the bubble and these women go overseas and play and pick right back up. So I hope that you guys were able to see that. You know, they play all year round, and I hope that you guys can see that and respect that. And shout out to everybody that tuned into the WA this year and I'm looking forward to next year and I'm looking forward to seeing if Seattle Storm can repeat. So, you know, my Las Vegas Aces will be back. Mm-hmm. Um, but this was a tough a tough year um to end it on cuz they played they had a, such a great season and for injuries and opt-outs, you know, they'll be back. So, shout out to everybody that that showed love to the WA this year. Uh, I'm my hoodie's coming soon. Speaking of hoodies, I got my Lakers hoodie on. So let's talk about the Lakers just <laughs> for a little bit. We don't want to keep we don't want boo, you, boo, boo, we don't want to keep boo, y'all too much boo, longer. Boo. You know, we know y'all got things to do. Um, damn, I should have sang that like Drake. No, you, right. you sang enough. Um, yeah, yeah. So Lakers, <laughs> Lakers up three one. Mm-hmm. Um, they won by what six? Wake up, wake up, wake up. Oh, we they won about by the six. Again? They're in trouble in the in the words of Jimmy Butler. They are y'all y'all. y'all Wins are not that impressive. Miami's still in the series. You said they're still in the series. Yes. Yeah, they are. <laughs> y'all see me they trolling. Are. Y'all see me trolling on Instagram, but a lot of the times I be dead serious. I enjoy trolling Laker fans because y'all y'all sensitive. Okay. Y'all sensitive. Y'all emotional and y'all nervous. Okay. Well, y'all the ne- nerves are gone. I'm pretty sure the nerves are gone because it's just one game for y'all to three, win the finals. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. yeah. If they, if they tied it up two two. The nerves would have been out the roof. Oh, they would have. Could you imagine? Well, people the was already LeBron. People was if, already if nervous. Two two, two one. They was already nervous. Like oh, I think the Lakers going to have a like this well, they, next game is going to be a good game. Like the series has been back and forth, excluding game one. Right? It's, yeah. it's been a good. It's been a good finals, and I don't it think has. a lot of people expected that. You know, so um, I That's think the I Lakers going to come out and it's going to. You're going to see why the talent. You're gonna see the the shift of it. You're gonna see like, okay, I see. And and when the Lakers win Friday, which we all guess they're gonna win, I just want to see what the hate LeBron haters gonna say. Cause you know, I, as a former recovered LeBron hater, <clears throat> I can sit a here and I can recovered say recovered LeBron. Hater. Yeah, as a former uh, France, no shout out to my boy France. Um, we go back like four flats in the Cadillac. It's probably stuff on Facebook and Instagram about our days of um, me hitting LeBron. And it, it wasn't simply LeBron. It was the LeBron fans, you know, <laughs> as a Kobe fan, you know, it was, it was a time, you know, where, where it was a lot of uh, hating, but as a, as, like I said, as a recovered LeBron hater, um, I can say this, them turnovers. <laughs> oh yeah. Them turnovers. Mm-hmm. Let's keep it cute. But um, I think the Lakers will obviously win. Um, but what I was what I was saying pertaining to LeBron is I don't want the the, the hate. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, it's because of the wubble, the bubble, and no, okay. And all the other teams had opportunity. If they didn't want to play, they could have all that. So no, it's no asterisk. If it's asterisk, is 
because how hard it was being away from your family. A lot of them dudes ain't got haircuts and all that. You know what I'm saying? We're here lines going back. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, um, liquor should end the series. All right, so you know how we like to predict scores. Game five is Friday night. Um, well, tonight, if you listen in when this releases, you want me to you want me to predict the score first? Yeah, go first because I got mine. So last game was one hundred two ninety six, very low scoring. I yeah. think this game is going to be a little higher. I, had I think it's going to be one twelve to one hundred two. Okay, I have ninety two to seventy eight. Damn, no Lakers. scoring. Is it Lakers. defense or people just missing shots? It's defense, people missing shots, and then LeBron's going to take over at the end, and then this is for Kobe. Kobe, this is for you. Facts. And they wearing the black Mamba jersey. I want and, him, by the way. Side note, I think LeBron is going to try to end this series, win the championship with a triple-double. So I'm predicting a triple-double as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like how that sounds. I might, you know, I might throw something on that. Yeah. I'm not talking about betting or anything because I don't do that. But yeah, um, <laughs> Liz, I hear you tell the truth. shout out, shout out to Lakers ahead of time. Shout out to Seattle Storm. Yep. Like we said, we want to thank Kai for joining us earlier on in the show. Uh, shout out to Life After Twenty Five podcast. Yeah, them first two episodes, y'all, y'all gotta relax, okay? <laughs> y'all gotta relax. Yo, it's real spicy. If y'all didn't listen to the spicy, spicy first two episodes of Life After Twenty Five podcast, please go show those beautiful, beautiful ladies some. They have love. a giveaway going on. They have a, a dope giveaway. I was going. I was trying to think. Should I try to get up in here? But it's like, is it like bias if I get in there because they know me? So yeah. Yeah, they got a giveaway going on, but first two episodes, the first episode you'll get to know about them at their time at Newman. Hey. Fun fact, <laughs> they were on a, a praise team, and that's they what were. I'm saying. <laughs> yes, they were. Shout out to the beautiful ladies at the Life of the 25 podcast. Please go over there and show love on all streaming platforms, the first two episodes. Also, they have a giveaway. Life of the 25 podcast is the, the tag on Instagram as well. Please go show those beautiful ladies some love. Thank you. I got one more shout out before yeah. we wrap up this episode. Shout out to Quayshawn Williams um, from Much Better Studios. He just had a grand opening uh, last weekend. Mm-hmm. It looked like it was. It, it did went look pretty, yeah. pretty well. Yeah, um, and him. he's doing a lot of things in the community uh, to bring people together, bring creatives, entrepreneurs like. That's what we need in the city. That's what we. That's what he's providing. So make sure y'all follow him um, and see what he has going on. I know he has a, a dinner going on where he's showcasing, not only celebrating his birthday and a, another young lady's birthday, but he's showcasing four different chefs who's going to be cooking there. So see, that's dope. Look out for that. Um, so yeah, shout out to you, Quayshawn. Um, he was when we used to do, you know, playmakers of the week. He was our very. One of our very first ones. Yeah, so sh- sure. shout, shout out, out to you. We're going to have him on soon. And we're going to probably do a video podcast in his studio space. Yeah. So we're going to work on that. Yeah. But um, make sure y'all visit our website. Wait, the- no, no, no. Y'all see y'all see what Ray's doing? Y'all see you trying to speed past the Cowboys and stuff? Y'all see that? <laughs> Did y'all see that? A couple a couple episodes back, you said we not talking about football. No, we t- you see how, what you see what he did there, y'all? He tried to speed pass and go to the go to the website. No, no, no. We're gonna talk about this. Good, okay? Good, What's going good. on? Y'all sorry. That defense is horrible. Wait, no, Reg. Listen, mm-hmm. that defense is horrible. Super terrible. 
One, we need to sign Earl Smith. Like, I don't care what goes on off the field. Jerry Jones no, never... No, you do care. You do no, care. Jerry Jones never cares Oh, no, he, what, no he, he personally don't. He never cares. So why, why... What are you waiting on? Like, we need him. We need him. You, like... We need him. Go mm-hmm. sign him. Who else is out there that we can sign? Anybody who plays defense, go sign him. Um, because we can't we can't stop anybody. The Browns could have put seventy. You know on what's cra- you know what's crazy? We averaging damn near forty points and still losing. That's how you know you're trash on defense. I'm done. As you guys know, the Philadelphia Eagles are number one in the worst conference in the we, NFL. Here we go. Um, the best of the worst. The best of the worst. And um they have a tie. Wow, that's I'm gonna I'm just I'm gonna just keep it. 100. That's impressive to have a tie. Can I can I speak now? Because I let you talk and cry about your Cowboys. Can I, is it my turn? Thank you. you. You may go. Thank you, sir. As you guys know, at first I wasn't watching football. I had to get myself mentally prepared um, for football because King Gav used to support my Eagles. He used to watch the games for me, text me, show love. So let me know he was a he's a Vikings fan. Shout out to the Vikings. I had my Vikings shirt on, so you know I'm rocking with the Vikings and the Eagles. Now I'm back. Now I'm back watching my boys because they need me. I thought not watching them would punish them because they're not playing well, but now they need me again. They need their support system. So I'm back watching my boys, and and you heard it here first on the Playmaker Podcast. We about to turn up. Wait, who's about to turn up? My Philadelphia Eagles. That was a good one last week, but we're not talking about that anymore. Um, mm-hmm. Like we said, we, we want to thank all y'all for tuning in. Thank you to the new listeners who – Happen to check us out this week. We hope you enjoy. We hope you continue to show us love. Shout out to our loyal listeners who always show love and listen. Um, shout out to all those who already purchased us a Playmaker sweater. They're comfortable. Or sweatshirt. I have mine on a day rocking mm-hmm. it with, you know. I'm going to get a picture of it. drip. You know what I'm saying? Post it. You know, it's you know comfortable. It's comfy. Comfy. It's, it's, it's fall. Your, it's your favorite podcast. You want to support your favorite podcast? Support us. Y'all. I love us. What you waiting on? Oh, just wait. Do it. Just do it. No Nike. <laughs> but um, yeah, we want to thank y'all for you know purchasing those. We thank y'all for posting, um, all that good stuff. Visit our website to you know purchase www.dplaymakerpodcast.com. Um, <laughs> follow us on social media, the Playmaker Podcast. Um, and all that good stuff. You can follow our our you know personal pages, Reg yeah. underscore Playmaker, yep. Kita underscore Playmaker. She uses it sometimes. Queen Kita <laughs> underscore, I think, or Queen, Queen Kita fourteen. Queen, yeah, Queen Kita fourteen. That's what that's her regular account. So Did check y'all her see out. That's where did? she talked trash about the Lakers and all that. Yes, I'm nonsense. Tro- and the trolling is co- going to continue. You know, Lakers will and lose that, game. And that's also where she shows her gym videos. She's been slacking, but I'm not holding her accountable for that. Oh, no. She, I've been she under the weather. Back. I'm back. Oh, yeah. She uh, will get back oh, to yeah. it. Oh, yeah. When it... I was under the weather. You, you know they say, yourself. you know, you know they tell you, yourself. you know, you're under the weather. You don't go to the places. Now I'm back. So gym videos will be back. Boxing videos will be back. Hey, Y'all hey, gonna hey. see the real transformation. I'm really gonna be out here because I got some things coming up. You feel me? So shout out to me. On that note, <laughs> this is episode 64 of the Playmaker Podcast. I'm your host Reggie Coleman. I'm Nikita Monroe Thomas. Peace. Till next week. Peace. Visit our website at theplaymakerpodcast.com and subscribe on Apple Podcast and Spotify.